Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Good evening and welcome. Tonight, as you can see by the title, we have 10 scary paranormal horror stories. I also want to quickly thank everyone who's commented their two sentence stories on a video before last. Means I can start uploading new videos of them more frequently. With that said, let's begin. When I was younger, we lived in an old Victorian house. Everyone would notice weird things. I was home alone organising the silverware when I dropped a fork onto the table, only to have it bounce once and fly at the wall like someone slapped it. I still have no idea how you can drop something straight down and have it launch horizontal for five feet. My parents, when they first bought the house, turned off all the lights, five floors if you count basement and attic. My mum did the top two, and father did the bottom. They met in the middle, went to the first floor, left, got to the car and noticed not only was the third floor light on, but the blinds were now up. We had a seesaw. My mother turned on the light and saw it violently going up and down. I was in the basement and I felt a hand brush down my back. I jumped and turned and saw no one there. I convinced myself it was just my shirt moving weird. As I went up the steps I heard giggling. When I was older I was sitting on the couch and heard my dad say, What the f- Watch out! Right before a frame puzzle we had fell on me. My dad said he saw it lift itself off the hook. We had a Mastiff, a Rottweiler and a German Shepherd. They refused to go to the attic. Our entrance had two sets of doors. The front doors, then a small room, then the second set of doors. We never locked those doors as it was two large bolts that went onto the floor and then a third bolt that held the two doors together. Locking it was very hard with a key so you could only do it from the inside with considerable force. We came home one day and the door was locked with all three bolts. In other words, our completely sealed house was locked from the inside. My mother flipped, grabbed us and ran to the payphone to call the police because if that door is locked then there's someone in the house, unless they left via a second, third storey window. Three cop cars came. They unlocked the door with my mother's key and swept every last inch of that place down to one of them going into the crawl space. Nothing. Not only that, my mother's gold necklace was laying on the table and all the windows were locked. We had a family friend who is a cop and one of my uncles who is a cop come spend the night. Next morning everyone is up and my uncle goes to leave only to see that the door is again locked from the inside. We removed those locks the same day. Mastiff was laying next to me while I was watching TV. Suddenly he jumps up and backs into me. He's growling and snarling while staring up the steps. The other two dogs run in and immediately have their ears go back and their mohawks go up. This went on for several minutes. Our German Shepherd started inching towards the step and did a little lunge nipping at the air, baring his teeth. 
About a five seconds later, I heard what sounded like someone fully sprinting up the steps of the first floor from the landing to the second floor steps, then the third. I called my mum from the house phone. While on the phone, I heard what I can only describe as a wail from the third floor. Years later, parents are divorced, and with my dad for the weekend. I helped him clean the third floor. We put the toys in a large toy chest from the closet they were in. While we were brushing our teeth, I go pale. I hear something, so I shut off the water and ask my dad to listen. We both are completely quiet. The sound starts again. It's the sound of a clink, clink, but a bit of a rhythm to it. I couldn't place it at first, then said, Dad, I think that's a xylophone. We go up and the toy chest is open and the xylophone is on the floor. This is a story I don't often tell. I promise sincerely that this has scarred me for life, and although I have looked into psychological explanations for what I heard and natural explanations for what occurred, they remain unsatisfactory. When I was a child, I was scared of the dark. I swore to my mother I heard voices in it. They were not evil, but they were not familiar, and so they scared me. It was not uncommon in the middle of the night for me to wake up and hear whispers, as I would call them, when asking my mum. She figured they were just bumps in the night and typical kid nightmare material. I tried often to explain to her that it was more than that, that they sounded different from one another the way people's voices do. On some nights I would get so scared from these whispers that I would sleep in my mum's bed with her. It was an added bonus that the bathroom was directly outside of her bedroom door for my late night tinkles. I should add at this point that when walking out into the hall to go into the bathroom, you look directly down the stairs that would lead you onto my living room on the first floor, as my mum's bedroom was on the second. On one such night around Christmas, I woke and I felt the need to relieve myself. I walked out from the door and distinctly heard the phrase, look, and to my astonishment, a red light, almost like the spotlight, was cast upon the wall at the very bottom of the stairs. The light had no other source, it was by itself and I was transfixed by it. Being a little kid, and only being a few days from Christmas, I knew what this light was. It must have been Santa. How else could he get into my house to know if I was being a good boy? I was so excited I began walking down the stairs to greet him, picking up my pace after the second step as it began to creep off the wall and fade into the darkness in my living room. That's when I heard him. A very strong masculine voice, different from the first. Not at all my father's, not to say he isn't masculine, but it was just distinctly different. I said, stop right now, go back up those stairs. I listened, turned around, and what happened next, I'm not sure I would believe if someone had told me the same story. After reaching the top of the stairs, I heard a very loud crash that sent me running back to my mother's bed where I jumped straight under the covers and stayed there the whole night. When we awoke the next morning, the Christmas lights that my mother had put on the railing down the stairs were pulled straight down to the bottom of the stairs, some broken from what seemed like a forceful tear laying in a single pile. The dry sink in my living room had fallen from the wall. My mother could not explain it. My father was worried we had been the victims of a home invasion. My sister was crying. There was nothing missing. Nobody had broken in. There did not seem to be any reason that this had happened. And then I saw it. And I kept quiet about it because I was so afraid that I could not force words out of my mouth. There on the edge of the wooden dry sink which had been facing up were three indentations where the finish of the wood had been worn almost as if a forceful grip. Something down there had grabbed it and threw it down. That's what the bang was. I was mortified. After that day, I never heard a single voice again. 
I don't like to imagine what was waiting downstairs for me that night, if it was anything at all. But I can tell you that the reality was that something had physically acted upon two things in my house near the bottom of that stairwell. I've never heard any other whispers again, which is sad because in some ways I'd like to have thanked the man that stopped me from going down those stairs. This happened when I was seven, I'm 20 years old now, and because of this incident I'm still afraid of the dark, especially shadowy stairwells. When I was in high school, I had a lot of these experiences. At the house my dad lived in at the time, it was really old, built in the early 1800s, there was plenty of times I'd be sitting in the living room and distinctly hear the cabinets opening and closing in the kitchen. It was just me and my dad that lived in the house, and you could clearly see when his bedroom door was shut and he was asleep, but still hear it. Normally my dad worked 7 till 3, but occasionally worked a PM or overnight shift. One night, he was working until 11, I was 17 at the time. At around 8 o'clock or so, I'm sitting in my room playing Borderlands and I think I hear footsteps coming from the living room, which was adjacent to my bedroom, and I assume my dad's home early. I go back to playing Borderlands. I keep hearing the footsteps, so I pause the game and listen, and the footsteps are just slowly pacing back and forth between the living room and the kitchen in a steady rhythm. I laid in bed scared, shitless, and actually counted the steps. Every time it took 15 paces to the living room, 15 back to the kitchen. Needless to say, I did not fucking sleep that night. I had another situation at my mum's house about two years prior to this. Out of nowhere my alarm clock would go off at midnight every night. I assumed it was busted and got rid of it. Fast forward two years my mum gets another, brand new alarm clock for my room, also when I was 17. Suddenly the alarm goes off at midnight and I thought nothing of it and turned it off. Happened again the next night, and then my sister pointed out the old one I had that did it. So I checked and made sure no alarms were set, double checked at 11.56. Sure enough, four minutes later my alarm goes off. Freaked out and threw it out. That next night was my dad's night to have me. I had a buddy of mine over and my dad was working that night. He left for work around 2am, and my friend had brought over an iPod dock to listen to some music on. I didn't have the clock set or anything, my friend knew nothing of the last couple of nights so I knew he wasn't just fucking with me. So about two minutes after my dad leaves, we hear an alarm clock coming from my room. I went in, and you know how if you just plug in a clock without setting it, the numbers just blink on and off? Well, it was doing that, and as soon as I picked it up, the clock itself set to 12 o'clock and then just turned off by itself. So yeah, fuck paranormal shit. I'm not religious at all, but I'm 100% convinced that it happens. In one corner of my grandma's living room stood a lamp that was almost never turned off. She would change the bulb every week like clockwork, waiting until the afternoon sunlight poured through the windows and filled the room. Even then she hurried, holding her breath until the deed was done and the lamp was back on. I would ask her about it once in a while. Each time she would smile softly, tussle my hair and promptly change the subject. I didn't learn the truth until I was 13, the first time I turned off the lamp. I just wanted to see what would happen. Grandma screamed when she walked into the darkened living room, a plate of cookies falling from her hands and crashing to the floor. I could hear her praying under her breath as she raced to turn the light back on. Tears were shining in her eyes, but she turned to me, her lips pressed thin. Without warning, she slapped me hard across the face. Grandma had never so much as raised her voice before, and I was too shocked to cry. She cried enough for both of us, gathering me up in her arms and begging for my forgiveness. 
With her face buried in my shoulder, she finally told me about the lamp. It was a ghost light, she said, ever since she and my grandpa had bought the house, back when they first arrived in America, the spirits of the dead had plagued her. Only when a burden threatened to drive her mad did she ask grandpa for help. She had expected him to laugh her out of the house, but he had surprised her by nodding gravely. It was he who first lit the ghost light, and as long as that beacon burned through the darkness, she never seen another spirit. I stopped visiting my grandma after that. I started gradually at first, missing a day here and there, but by the time I received the news of her death, I hadn't seen her in over 10 years. As her only living relative, I shouldn't have been surprised when I inherited her house. Yet as I sat in her lawyer's office, listening to him read her will, I was speechless. I had a difficult time paying attention after that, absorbed as I was with the business of remembering. So much love had filled those walls, so many happy memories. As I thought of my tiny, sterile apartment in the city, I quickly made my decision. I was almost overwhelmed by emotion as I walked through the front door. Everything looked exactly as I remembered it from my childhood. Houseplants still cluttered the windowsills, decorative bird plates still hung on the walls, and the ghost lights still burned in the living room. Seeing the old lamp sent a chill down my spine. I froze in my tracks, the smile fading from my lips, and I couldn't help but think of the night Grandma had slapped me so many years ago. I told my mother about the ghost light the next day, but she had dismissed it as a simple old world superstition. It was the same way when she was growing up, she told me, and I shouldn't worry about it. Still, I couldn't shake the conviction that I'd finally seen the true depths of my grandma's lunacy. I ran my fingers through the fringe of the lampshade as I thought, a bloom of sadness darkening my nostalgia. Slightly heavy, I turned the ghost light off with a decisive click. Something woke me later that night. I lay in bed listening to the darkness until I heard scratching coming from the living room. Rats were the last thing I wanted to deal with at the moment, and I rolled over with a groan, determined to ignore it until the morning. The scratching continued intermittently, constantly jerking me from the edge of sleep, and I finally had enough. I threw the blanket off me and stormed out into the hall. Moonlight flooded the front of the house, and I didn't bother turning on the lights as I made my way to the living room. I knew every inch of this house, even after so many years, and I moved confidently through the dim light. I was furious at having been woken from a dead sleep, and my anger ill prepared me for what I found. An elderly woman was crouched in the corner, her gaunt back to me. She was scratching at the floor where the walls met, stopping every few minutes to cock her head. An arl of dread unfurled in a pit of my stomach. I had no idea how this woman had gotten into my house and thought it was obvious she needed help. It took me some time to summon the courage to approach her. My hand shook as I reached out to gently squeeze her shoulder. I meant to ask her where she lived who her caretaker was, but the words were driven from my mind when she turned and I saw her face. Her eyes were solid black, bottomless pits that didn't reflect the moonlight. Her jaw hung impossibly open, unhinged, and the dark tunnel of her mouth spiralled down into her throat. I had a moment to realise who she was, to recognise the familiar map of wrinkles in her face, the curls of her wispy hair. Then my grandma screamed. I shrieked, stumbled backwards away from the nightmare in the corner, my arms flailed in the air, reaching for the nearest lamp, and my hands touched the ghost light. I yanked the chain, filling the room with light, and she was gone. I never turned off the ghost light after that. After letting the bulb burn out one evening, I began changing it every week just as Grandma had. 
Eventually I got married and luckily for me my wife was tolerant of my strange fixation with the lamp. The light continued to burn and I lived my life happy enough. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. But my grandson has been asking about the ghost light lately. I smile softly, tussle his hair and promptly change the subject. For some reason, I can't bring myself to tell him the truth. I think about how I pulled away from my grandma, how I thought her crazy, and I kept my mouth shut. I worry, though. I know I won't be around forever, just as I know he will eventually turn off the ghost light. I worry that he might see me then, twisted and wrong, scratching in the corner. This is one of two paranormal experiences I have had that I have had a hard time wrapping my head around. It's a long read, but it's worth it. I have suffered from insomnia as far back as I can remember. I was in second grade and it was really early in the morning. I think around 5 or so. I had a little TV on my nightstand and was definitely watching Lord of the Rings on VHS. I had the volume up super loud because my ceiling fan had made a ruckus throughout the night. I was super into the movie when all of a sudden all the sounds around me started slowly fading away. I remember I became confused and reached to turn my TV up thinking it had broken, but then I realised the sound of the fan had faded away with it. The only way I can describe it is comparing it to someone turning the volume down in a car radio. I was suddenly overwhelmed by an intense feeling of euphoria. I had never experienced anything like it. I absolutely cannot describe how utterly a peace I felt. I was able to comprehend what was happening, and then it clicked in my head that I was dying. Keep in mind that I am in second grade, so this is a pretty intense conclusion, but I just knew. I rolled over onto my back ready to, and excited to accept my fate. That was when I saw it. There was a large white figure in my doorway, just hovering and pulsating a white aura. I quickly panicked and began calling out for my brother, whose room was across the hall. The figure glided to the end of my bed and just sat there, watching. I'm not really sure how much time passed, but the figure suddenly vanished, sound came back, and the euphoria disappeared. I jumped out of bed and ran into my brother's room where I practically flew into his bed. He woke up and he saw how panicked I was, he began to panic as well. I was hysterical and just kept telling him it was the ghost. We did what any other kid would do and hid under his covers. After a while we got anxious and I bravely made a peephole in the blanket to check the time on the clock, hoping that it would be daylight soon. 5.30, the clock read 5.30 in the morning. Then the phone rang and it rang and it rang and it rang. Me and my brother started to panic even more, then silence. Once again it began to ring and ring and ring. We jumped out of bed and took turns running from light switch to light switch until we had a life path to the living room. 
Her house was 5,000 square foot. This was not an easy task. We got to the living room and watched cartoons until my mum woke up. She was livid, yelling at us for being up so early. I told her I saw a ghost, which only made her more upset. My brother, who was always tormenting my irrational fears, got mad at her and started telling her this wasn't a joke and it wasn't my imagination. I started telling her to check the phone because I saw the ghost around 5.30 and it must have been a ghost calling, kid logic. She went to check the phone and went to the other room for a while. Suddenly she wasn't upset anymore. When we asked if it was said ghost, she said it was a telemarketer. She was so nice about it and she let me sleep in her room for the next few days. I thought maybe since it was my brother's birthday that day that she just didn't want to argue, but she never let me sleep in her room. I got home from school one on the 15th. I saw the ghost in the early hours on the 13th. My mum called me to the family room and told me to sit in her lap and that she needed to tell me something. I obliged. My great-grandma passed away in the hospital at 5.30am and the phone calls were the hospital calling to notify us. Me and great-grandma were extremely close. To this day I get chills thinking about it. I know that there are few ways to explain the occurrence, but I know for a fact that it was 100% a paranormal experience. My mum and brother still back me up on it today. There's a small graveyard near my home in Michigan. About two years ago, a group of my friends and I went ghost hunting there. It was a warm night, clear skies, and I was raring to catch a ghost on my friend's camera or tape recorder. Even a cell phone video would do. The cemetery is less than an acre, so it didn't take long to scope out. We broke into groups of two and three and traversed the grounds. I wandered with a few people, changing from group to group. I felt restless. Usually when we were ghost hunting, we cracked wise, but nobody was saying much. A group near a tall monument, at least seven feet high and shrouded in vines, called us over. There seemed to be a cold spot about the size and shape of a very tall man. I waved my hands through the air. It did feel a bit cooler but that could have been my imagination. Everyone began taking photos, claiming they could see a figure in the digital photos. I hung near the back of the group, not seeing anything. I still felt disquieted. I didn't want to be here. That was when a cold shock squeezed my hand, right between the web of flesh between my right thumb and forefinger. I cried out, yanking my hand away. It hurt. The cold radiated slowly off my hand, and I retreated towards the gate. I'm out. Something grabbed me. I'm out. I was quickly followed by the rest of the party, not so much because of my encounter, but nobody wanted to be in there anymore. It wasn't until the morning the bruise showed up, deep in the meat of my hand. Not a bad bruise. Not bad enough to turn black and blue, but definitely there. Yellow and painful, right in the spot where I'd been grabbed by the cold hand. I haven't been back. I'm not spiritual, I'm not aggressive. My girlfriend and I were at my mother's doing our laundry. The washing machine and dryer are down in the basement. We head upstairs after loading everything up and get to the first floor. The stairs enter the first floor onto the kitchen, which is connected to the living room by a door frame, without a door and a small half wall that has decorations on it which you can see over into the living room and vice versa to the kitchen. These decorations are always changing, and I think at the time there was a birdhouse, candlesticks and like stuff, and most importantly for this story, some long-legged leg and arm dolls. These dolls did not look creepy while sitting with all the other decorations, but if you found it in an abandoned house or a similar creepy situation, you probably wouldn't touch it. 
We walked into the living room and I told my girlfriend I needed to grab something from upstairs room. The staircase to the second floor is small, only eight steps, and they're on the opposite side of the half wall to the kitchen, so right next to the decorations. I head up and grab whatever it was I was getting and start heading back to the stairs. When I get to the top of the stairs and look down, I see my girlfriend with her eyes wide open. Her mouth was slightly open in shock or awe. Her skin was pale as if she was dying. She didn't make a noise at all. I'm moving down the stairs now semi-quickly, asking what's wrong, and what she's seeing with no answer from her. And before I know it, I'm at the bottom of the steps with my hand on her throat. I was stunned, I immediately pulled my hand away when I noticed. It was not like a death grip, but holding on. I would never harm her or anyone, especially in that type of situation. Well, really, any situation. I've never hurt her before. I've never choked someone before. I've never been in so much as a fight before. After I let go of her throat, she became more calm and I was able to speak but was still shook. I would be too if someone was choking me. She said that the doll that was sitting with all the decorations looked at her. It was facing away as she watched me trot up the stairs and as I was coming back, she glanced towards the decorations and the doll's head turned and looked at her. It turned as fast as a finger snap or a blink. She knows I would not hurt her and was confused as to my reaction of her being completely frightened, as was I. In my mind, I was moving down the stairs and asking what's wrong. I got to the bottom of the steps and all of a sudden my hands were on her neck. I cannot explain why she saw or why my reaction was to grab her neck. It's like I wasn't controlling myself. My reaction was confusion and asking what's wrong. I'm not spiritual at all. If spirits, gods and demons are real, then that may explain what happened. Other than that, I have no idea. After it happened, we both calmed down and I remember looking at the doll it was looking back at me. It felt evil and sinister. My freshman year of college, I was living on the fourth floor of my dorms. It was winter time and there was snow on the ground. It was probably around three or four in the morning and my roommate and I had both randomly woken up but we weren't talking, as we both thought the other was asleep. Then we both heard very clear, loud knocking on our window. Four loud knocks that you could just tell was on glass. We both said, did, did you hear that? And we kind of spooked. Fifteen minutes went by and nothing happened. I was starting to fall back asleep and there it was again. Four loud knocks. At this point I was shaking because in my mind someone had somehow climbed up to our window and was trying to scare the shit out of us. So I got up and pulled our blinds back to look for someone. No one was there. No footprints on the snow on the ground. Nothing so I got back into bed. Another five minutes or so and we heard the knocking again, but it was coming from what sounded like the neighbour's window. Sure enough, we heard our neighbour say, dude, what the fuck, and shuffle around a little. Then like two minutes later, it sounded like every single window on our floor was being knocked on for about seven seconds straight. Just absolutely insane. People started screaming and we could hear people opening their doors and running across the halls into their friends' rooms because they were terrified. It kept happening for probably two more hours, but only at a specific windows like every 15 to 30 minutes. Every time I was about to fall asleep it happened again. I even texted my boyfriend who lived on the first floor to ask him if he also heard this, which he didn't. This was a very long night. No one ever found out what that was, as far as I know. My house was built in 1904. It's a single family home, wood frame, setting on a concrete block foundation. I've been living here for about 12 years. 
Of all the weird things that my siblings and me have seen or heard in this house, this one event is my favourite. This happened to my brother. About ten years ago, my brother and his best friend had started a garage band playing mostly Spanish rock, alternative music but in Spanish. His friends could only get together on Sunday afternoons. They would practice into the early evening, and they would usually call it quits by 8pm. This was the time I usually showed up and went to bed, because I worked a graveyard shift. This happened in late fall, so the days were getting shorter. They had just finished a long session when the decision to head to someone else's house came about. My brother handed his car keys to his buddy so they could load up the equipment. Everyone had filed out of the basement, but the tricky part was that they needed to walk all the way to the back of the basement, up the back stairs, through the kitchen doorway, down the hall into the living room and out onto the front porch. Everyone was outside, sitting in my brother's truck, waiting for him. My brother was walking up the back stairs when he remembered that he had left his pancakes in a to-go container sitting on a speaker in the basement. He made the decision to go back. Now, the basement is not clean, with full sight lines, but there had been partitions made, and the boiler and the main heating unit are right smack in the middle. So after my brother walks back, he's about to retrieve his food container, but out of the corner of his eye, he sees it. It's a shadowy figure, right in his peripheral vision. The feeling of dread and uneasiness washed over my brother. We had been taught that if you're in the presence of a spirit or ghost, and you felt a bad vibe, to say a quick prayer or to cuss it out. My brother chose the latter, he basically just told it, hey fuck you, I don't have time for this shit. My brother started to walk to the back of the basement and briskly up the stairs, closing doors and turning off lights as he was walking out. The last light switch is on the opposite side of the front door, luckily the door was open and the light from the street lamp was flooding the living room with its amber light. My brother said he felt something at his back, but at no point did he turn around. As he flicked the last switch, the living room went dark, as did the rest of the house. As he stepped out, he pulled on the door, closing it behind him. Still holding his food container in one hand, he jogged down a few porch steps. He walked towards the front gate, our house resides far from the main street, essentially having a large front yard but no rear garage. As he closed the gap between himself and his friend-laden truck, he kind of smiled and thought things over in his head, mad at himself for spooking out when there was no reason. He climbed into the driver's side of the truck, putting on his seatbelt and getting ready to pull out of the parking spot directly in front of the house when one of his friends asked, Hey wait, what about your brother? Isn't he coming with us? My brother answered, What what do you mean? He went to work early tonight. He's already gone. Do you see his car anywhere? The next question they asked, So then who was walking behind you when you were leaving the house? At my old apartment, I was brushing my teeth and my makeup bag flew off the shelf and slammed into the wall across the room. No windows, no fans, the bag was all the way at the back of the shelf against the wall. It did not fall, it blew like the opening pitch. I noped out and went to bed. Next morning I checked my phone and I had a notification from the sleep android app. It records movement and sound overnight to wake you at the latest sleeping point in your sleep cycle. I do not sleep talk and I live alone. I heard on the recording my bedroom door click and creak open, had a very distinctive creak, and a male voice talking slowly and then the door closing again. I lived in the 14th storey of a building with no balconies. One needs a coded key to get in the front door and to use the elevator or open the stairwell, and then to open the door to the hallway, and to get into the front door of the apartment and to get into my bedroom. So if I go to the bathroom and forget my keycard, I'm locked out of my bedroom. It'd be insane to break into any of these, 
I moved out a few months later. Thank you all for listening, and click the box above to find some more paranormal stories, or something else if you prefer. Thank you. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.